we consider food as a gift of God or reward. We have to take it in a very peaceful manner and the food has to be very uh, nutritious, healthier. So it is in our top priority. Food for Thought episode 9 Bimal Geary was born in Bhutan and grew up in Nepal. In this episode, he talks to us about celebrations, festivals and the traditional foods of his homeland. I'm Bimal Giri, I'm 47. I'm born in Bhutan, brought up in Nepal and currently living in Edinburgh, Scotland. My cultural heritage, um, we are Hindu, mainly living in an agricultural country where we source most of our foods from what we grow and food is, is one of the important um, things that we consider. Nepal is a small country, just twice the size of Scotland but it is very much diverse. Our country is surrounded by Tibet and India. So we source food from these both countries and it influences our cuisines. So if we say, if we go to South part, uh, our cuisines are very much influenced by the Indian dishes like curries and chapatis and parathas kind of things. But if you go to North part, it is pretty much like a Tibet or Chinese, like momo which is a steamed dumplings or some pasta or noodles um, so it's, it's, it varies but again the rich or well-off people has they tend to eat more kind of meat and dairy product uh, whereas the other class uh, who cannot afford those they just live with vegetables uh, rice and their main staple diet is dalvat, which consists of rice, lentil, and vegetables twice a day, and that's that's the food they eat. In between, as in snacks, like they eat anything like corn, millet, or anything like things. So yes, it it it, it varies uh, based on the economic conditions of the individual. In, in Nepal, or in my families, uh, we eat mainly vegetables. So part of our meal will be vegetables, lentils, rice. Maybe once or twice, or even once a month, we eat meat, either chicken or goat. Uh, we don't eat beef at all, because uh, in Hindu, uh, we don't eat beef, um, and if we don't get nearer to beef meat. But we eat uh, daily products. Now, people in the lowland, which is about maybe 100 meters from the sea level, which is hot and humid during summer, they tend not to eat too much meat. They rather go for vegetables. And people who can afford, they can go for a uh, daily product. And we, we tend to eat more kind of daily, daily product, uh, like yogurt and um, not butter, but yogurt and uh, milk. But in the north part of Nepal, which is cold, people eat potatoes is their 
staple diet potatoes and meat if they can afford otherwise just the potatoes and corn and any vegetables they get so in my family we we cook main meals special meals during like when we have a guest or if you have any anniversaries or birthday we get a lot of daily product like kheer like rice puddings meat yogurt salads beans and beans kind of seven eight kind of beans we eat and fruits and salad is quite important part of our meal otherwise it's, it's pretty much simple Can you tell me about food traditions around a particular life event? Let's start from, for example, when we are in bereavement or if somebody dies in the family. We don't eat salt at all for 13 days. So basically, we eat once a day just the rice, ginger, butter and fruits and hot water with a little bit of sugar that's all for 13 days so basically no oil no spices it's very pure and believe that it detox your body and cleans your mind uh, when you are in a bereavement period this is kind of uh, um, physical and mental stress not having what we used to eat so it that way you forget all the bereavements because of that hardship. In our wedding, we tend to eat sweets and lots of meats, varieties of meats, rice, mainly rice. In our festival, major festival of Hindus are Dasera and Diwali. In both festivals, we cook a kind of bread made from rice and rice and coconuts. It looks like a ring dough quite popular which you cannot buy anywhere else or uh, we don't eat other than these two festivals and we also have a number of festivals where we eat a lot of veg vegetables like we call it Janai Purnima is one festival falls in uh, around July August we eat nine kind of beans we make a soup of nine kind of beans and we season with homemade butter it is said that it's a very nutritious and it keeps you away from cold because it's a f agricultural country people work almost two months in a rainy seasons in a rice plantation so by then they finish the work and they get they've been working in rain for a long time so just to avoid from cold you know this nutritious food house we have um, I still remember there there is an event or festivals falls in January, sometimes in January, we call it Mage Sakranti. On that particular day, we have to go to a river in first thing in the morning. So January, 
meant to be very very cold um, even though it is cold we have to go to river and take a bath after that we eat we call it chaku chaku is it's a concentrated sugarcane dough so it's basically it's, it's extremely sweet but we top with the sesame seeds and varieties of yam uh, or anything grows under the ground we eat that so i I find that it's really, really helpful for you to maintain your body temperature when you eat that sweets and yum. And you know, it is it is really it needs a huge courage to go to river first thing in the morning in January. So I still remember and I like that um, festival because it's different from any other festivals that we have because other festivals we cook food all the families come together there is not much hard work but this particular market sakranti is um you have to go to river and take a shower so there is no cold shower uh, sorry warm water it is freezing cold but you have to do it it's quite interesting that all the elderly tells us that if we don't take that shower we turn into goat so for that reason we had to go Dasera and Diwali, these events has a significant meanings for Hindus and Buddhists. So I think it is pretty much like a Christmas and New Year here. Thus the, the attraction of this festival is you get to meet your old friends and forgotten family members on that particular day. So. I doubt it. Uh, this won't be faded, but maybe the way we celebrate um, coming generations might not know how we celebrate. It might take a different shape, but still, it this if these festivals will still be celebrated. For example, in Diwali, no one forget to put the candles. Yeah, that's you know you have to have a candles. You have to have we call it a cell roti, which is. Uh, uh, a, a ring shape bread made from rice um, in the Sera goat meat uh, you might not get a goat meat here but in London people celebrate the eat goat on that particular day and obviously a wine or spirits uh, it's a fun it's a, it's, it's a really important it brings everyone together within the family and friends and singing, dancing, eating, drinking. So it has uh, um, significance or it's quite important in, in our social life. So that won't fade away, but there are other festivals. As I said, we have other minor festivals. Um, some parts they celebrate in a great deal. We have another festival uh, falls in sometime in August on that particular day. If you have any skin disease at night, you have to have a bonfire, bonfire and you have to shout that take my skin disease away, uh, you know, and people think that that works, but they have chosen one day. We call it Sauni Sakranti. On that particular day, we eat good meat, drink, 
and we have a bonfire. So basically, the these kind of um, uh, festives might not exist, maybe in maybe fifty years or so. But here, we we cannot celebrate that because you can't have a bonfire in the park. So it is all subject to your local conditions where you live. If I go back to Nepal, yes. If I happen to be there on that particular date, uh, I would love to have a bonfire and shout, like give me a fresh skin and you know take my disease away. So yeah, I think Dasera and Diwali will still exist, but the way we celebrate might change. Food for Thought, A Life in Four Courses is delivered by Makeup and funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. This episode was produced by Emma Jane Harrington and Kieran Earls. This interview was carried out by and transcribed by Thomas Stewart. Special thanks to Bimmel for sharing his stories with us. To learn more about our work, visit makeup.org.uk.